Well, okay, we're in this series called Learning to Love, and we've been looking at these principles in Scripture about, the, about how we learn to love, whether we learn to love um, in the home or we love lear- learning to love in marriage and learning to love in the home and learning to love in parenting. And then we come to this place that we're going to talk about today, uh, may catch you a little bit off guard, but learning to love in the marketplace. In other words, this... Uh, learning not to just go through the motions. There's so many believers, there's so many people that are just going through the motions in life. And, um, and Scripture talks about your work life. Fact is, Scripture has a lot to say about, about your profession, about your career, whether you work in the home or whether you work out of the home. Scripture has a lot to say about that. Fact is, statistics tell us that, that, um, that the average worker will spend 150,000 hours of their life working. In other words, that equates to this, about 40% of your waking hours you will spend in a career of uh, a profession uh, working, whether you work in the home or whether you work outside of the home. And so when you start looking at that and you start realizing that 40% of your life uh, is going to be working, God wants, God wants to use your work life. And that, that you and I, we cannot segregate out and say, this is my church life and this is my work life, and, and, and the two don't really connect. Because scripture would teach us this, everything that we do is spiritual. Everything that we do in life is spiritual, and so we cannot compartmentalize out our life. Listen, let me tell you this, nobody at your place of employment, nobody on the job site or in your office or whatever, nobody cares if you go to church, right? Nobody really cares, but here's what they do care about. They do care about if your relationship to Christ has changed your life. To where you treat people differently, whether you love people differently, whether you do your job differently. And so we want to understand this today about this issue of not, of not being willing just to settle. Not being willing just to kind of suck it up and just to go through the motions and not have any joy, not have any passion, and not understand that God wants to use your work life. So if, if you have your Bibles or electronic devices, you can either turn to or click to. Uh, however you get God's word, does not matter to us as long as you get God's word and you read God's word. Um, and, and so you, you turn to or click to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. We'll read all the way through verse 9. So here's what the word says, uh, starting in verse 5. Bond servants, obey, obey your earthly masters. Now, let's stop right there. Those are two terms that we may not understand today, bond servant and masters. Uh, if we understood it today or put it in today's language, it would be this, employee, employer. That's what, that's, that's what he's talking about. Here's the interesting thing. When Paul wrote these words, there were about 60 million bond servants, or, or some, some of your translations will say slaves, uh, about 60 mil, uh, there were 60 million bond servants in the Roman Empire. And most of the bond servants were believers. And so Paul begins writing to them the 60 million. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, you read history, and you understand that, that Paul and the Christians of their time reached the Roman Empire. And you know why they reached the Roman Empire? One of the ways they reached the Roman Empire is people didn't go through the motions. They understood God cares greatly about their work. God has a lot to say about the way in which we work. And so, so here's what he says. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with, with fear and trembling. And then he gives some hows. With a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service or people pleasers. Uh, we all have words for people like that, right? Uh, we all have words for people that are kind of political, and the only time they work is when the boss's eyes is on them, and they're always kind of like sucking up to the boss, all that other stuff. And so he says, people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God. So now all of a sudden you start getting a glimpse of this issue, bond servant to Christ and doing the will of, uh, of Christ. 
doing the will of God from your heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord, not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or he is free. Master, so now he's talking to employers. Uh, see, he's talking to the employee and he's talking to the, ma- to the employer. Then he says supervisor, manager, company owner, someone that's in charge of people. Masters, do the same to them. And stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master, capital M, talking about God, knowing that he, their, their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him, or there's no partiality with God. And so I want us to look, up, look at this issue of what, is, what does God say about your, about your work life? What does God say about the 40% of your waking hours? How should you steward that? How should you handle that time? How should you look at, at your job or your career or your p- profession, whether it's in the home or whether it's outside of the home? Three things I would, I would give you this morning. And the first one is this. It's kind of a long principle. It's kind of a hard principle is this. The only thing that you need to bring home with you is you. The only thing that you need to bring home with you from the office, from the job site, from wherever. The only thing that you need to bring home from you is you. And now listen, let me tell you something. Just so you know, I, I still struggle with this. I've struggled with this a lot in my, in my work life. I'm getting better and better at it. But it's a false belief to believe this. It is a false belief to believe that the people that you work with are that your profession, your career, or your job does not affect your family. In other words, this, we all got to get better at this issue of the only thing that we need to bring home from us from the office is, is ourselves. See, if, I, if I'm not careful, and maybe you're the same way, if I'm not careful, I'll bring some people home with me from work, right? Maybe not physically, but maybe emotionally. I mean, if, if, you, have a, if you have a great conversation with someone, and, uh, and it's encouraging, and it's positive, and all those other things, then you know what? You can bring home a very positive, encouraging attitude into the house. But the same is true as a result. If you, can have, if you have a confrontation and you have a difficult time at the office, you have a difficult time with a, with a customer or, or, or whatever, and it's like just one of those difficult conversations, then you can bring that home as well, right? And when you walk through the front door, you don't have to tell anybody you've had a bad day. They just know. You, I mean, and you can walk through the front door, and you know what? You're just looking for a fight. I mean, you're just, you're just frustrated, you're just angry, and all of those other things. And so, so the only thing that you need to bring home with you, the only thing that I need to bring home with me is, is yourself. To where you understand this issue of work and, and, and the 40% of your life that God wants to use in your, in, in, in your life. Listen, let me tell you something. The, the turning point came for me, and, and listen, I, I worked in the marketplace for, for 15 years. I was in the marketplace then 1994, I surrendered to ministry and then went into ministry in 95. And, and so I've worked in the marketplace and, and I've worked in, in, a, in a church environment. And the dynamics, some of the dynamics are different, but then a lot of the dynamics are, are, the, are the same. And so can I just tell you, when I, when I went into ministry, uh, the turning point for me came in my work life when I understood this. My identity is in Christ and not what I do. You are not your job. Your job is not you. You cannot, listen, if you find your identity, and, and every, you know what, and a lot of people do, if you find your identity in what you do, then you'll ride the roller coaster of emotions 
depending on what the balance sheet says, depending on what the last personnel review says, depending on how your boss treated you, depending on how customers treated you. And so you will ride a roller coaster. And, and what, what helped me is when I understood this and I got this, that guess what? My identity, my identity is not in what I do. I am not Charlie Jones the pastor. I am not Pastor Charlie Jones in some respects. That is not who I am. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I am his son. And it just happens to be that he has called me into ministry. And the same with you. There's some people that struggle with that. And they'll, they'll let you know right off, right? They'll let you know what they do. Hi, I'm, I'm Bob the accountant. I'm, I'm John and I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm Susie and, and I'm a nurse. Your identity, listen, your identity is not in who you are. It is not in what you do. One thing I learned, it was just such a turning point in this period in my life when not only I learned that my identity is not in who I am, but I also learned this, especially when our kids were home and our kids were, were, were still in the house and I'd come home from a tough day. I realized this, at the end of the day, regardless of what everybody, anybody says about me, my kids are still going to love me. My kids are still going to accept me. And so the real problem that some people have is this issue is it's just these, it's just these boundaries. And, and boundaries are hard for me. And boundaries may be hard for some of you to where you don't punch a clock, to where you, you don't really punch a clock, that, that, that it's just where do you find, the, where do you find these boundaries? And, but the, the Scripture teaches and says that the only thing you need to bring home from you is, is with you is just you. And then Paul in these passages begins to give some attributes about what does a Christian worker look like? And, and can I just tell you this? These principles transfer not only into the workplace, but these tr- principles also transfer into how a ministry partner, someone serves in church, how they look at their ministry, how they do their ministry, and how they understand what ministry looks like. And so let me give you those four attributes of a Christian worker so that we understand. And, and to do that, we're just, we're just going to walk through these verses together so that we understand. But the first thing, the first attribute that, that Paul would say, if you're going to understand that your work is a part of your spiritual life, then, then you will have a sincerity of heart. I mean, look at this in verse 5 again. He says, bond servants, so he's talking about to the employees. He says, bond servants, obey your earthly masters. That's a little M. Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ. And that's interesting to me because the same way that you would, you relate to them is the same way that, in other words, you'd relate to Christ. But he says, and the attitude that you're supposed to have is this issue of sincerity of heart. That means this, that means no pretense. That means no pretense. That means that your yes is yes and your no is no. That means that you approach your profession, you approach your career differently, you approach your boss differently, you approach, approach those that you work with differently, that they just know. Listen, let me tell you something. If you want to stick out, if you want to stick out in life, if you want to stick out in the workplace, don't just go through the motions. Understand that, that guess what? God has called you. The same way that God calls me to be a pastor or God calls some of our pastors, guess what? God has ordained your days as well. And God has called you. Listen, I'm telling you, the way that they, the Christians reached the Roman Empire was Christians in the workplace. And that people would look at them and say, you know what? There's just something different about you. 
Help me understand the difference. And so Paul says one of the things is, it's just sincerity of heart. That there's no pretense. There's no falseness to that individual. The second thing is this, is he goes a little bit deeper. And he says there's not only sincerity of heart, but there's integrity. Watch this. Not by way of eye service or people pleasers. That's, that's like the politician of the office, right? That's like the guy or the lady that only, only works really, really hard when the supervisors or management eye is on them. They're the ones that are wanting everybody to know what all they've done and all those other things. And nobody really likes working with that individual, right? And so he goes on and he says, but as bond servants of Christ, there you see that again, doing, remember this, the context is he's talking about the workplace. And he says, doing the, the will of God. From, from where? From your heart. In other words, like this, there's this integrity that, that, that you just understand. Integrity is this. It just means that, there, that you don't live a compartmentalized life to where it's not, it's not your, work, your, your, your church life over here and then somewhere over here it's your work life. Listen, there have been so many people that just destroyed their testimony because of the way in which they work. Because the way in which they may treat a supervisor, they may treat management, they may treat those that work for them, or they may treat a customer. There's something special about that individual that is just, they're just not going through the motions. Man, they understand God, God has a call on their life. And in their work life, man, they, they're working with passion. And there's like, this, there's like this sincerity because they know God's called them. There's like this, there's like this, integrity because when you lose integrity you lose everything you're just no longer credible i i i never forget i i was a sacker uh when i was when i was 16 i uh i was a sacker at a grocery store and um i from i i'd, I'd thrown paper routes since i was 11 uh made enough money to buy a motorcycle when i was 13 at 13 i i've I not only bought a motorcycle, but my parents let me get a, 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 a driver's license. I was street legal uh, for a motorcycle, so I was like the cool kid going to middle school because I, I, drove, I drove myself to school. I, I rode a, a motorcycle. All the other kids are, are parking their bicycles at the bike rack, and I'm parking with the teachers. I'm at, I, am, I am cool. And, uh, and then when I was 16, I got a job uh, working in a grocery store. And I, I learned, even though I wasn't a believer at that time, I learned so many life lessons with that job. Mr. Aiken was, was the manager, and if you know anything about the grocery store industry, when you're a sacker, you're like low man on the totem pole, right? You're, even, you're not even on the totem pole. And so uh, Mr. Aiken was just really unfair. He was just really difficult. He was really mean. But I, I, I learned a lot of principles. Uh, we went through a time at the grocery store when somebody was, it wasn't me, but somebody uh, was, was drinking, stealing chocolate milk. So they'd go in the walk-in cooler, and they'd, they'd, throughout the day, they'd drink some chocolate milk, and they'd fold up the carton so that nobody could really tell. And, and so they're going through inventory, and the grocery store's losing money because this guy, whoever it was, we know who it was. I'll tell you who it is in a second. Uh, <laughs> is drinking a lot, and it's hurting, it's hurting the company profits, you know? And so... Uh, so they just decided because let's get the guys that are low man on the totem pole because they're the guys that are probably stealing uh, So we'll just chew them out and so I mean for weeks we're getting chewed out every day They're letting us know you know chocolate milks disappearing costing us money, you know bottom line all that other stuff And so I had a buddy that that we we uh, we were sackers together And I didn't know what this meant, but he just looked at me and says I'll, I'm gonna find out who's doing this because I'm tired of getting chewed out so he went into the walk-in cooler and he rummaged around and he finally found 
where they were hiding the chocolate milk. So he went over to the pharmacy. Um, he, he got some laxatives. Uh, yeah, true story. So he got some laxatives, some chocolate flavored X-lax, and then, then some other harder stuff, you know, because he talked, you know, anyway. And so he, he, he doctored up the chocolate milk, and then he kept tasting it to make sure, you know, it, it, you couldn't taste what was really in there. And so he put it back, and he says, we're, we're going to find out who did this. And so the next day, you know, the Sackers, we all get called into Mr. Aiken's office again at his area, and we're getting chewed out. And but Mr. Aiken said, I want to talk to you guys again about this chocolate milk. And he says, I need to let you know, you guys also are going to have to work really hard today because the, the assistant manager is out sick today. <laughs> yeah. We never looked at him the same. I mean, we knew he was the one. I mean, we knew it was him. And so I'm, I'm telling you in life that if you want to stick out, uh, you, you be a person that's sincerity of heart. You'll be a person that has integrity. The second thing that Paul says is you do your job with thoroughness. In other words, you don't do sloppy work. You don't do work halfway. I mean, when you're, listen, when someone's sincere, when someone works with integrity, they don't really need anyone looking over their shoulder. In other words, they come to that place and they just understand that I'm a Christian worker and I do my job differently and I'm thorough with it. Verse 7, rendering service with goodwill as, and you keep seeing this, please, I hope you catch this, the correlation between supervisor, your job, and the Lord. And so who are you doing it? Rendering serve the goodwill. As to who? As to the Lord. In other words, it's, it's an excellent offering. In other words, it's a part of our spiritual life. In other words, it's, it's part of an expression of our life that we do it with sincerity of heart, we do it with integrity, and we do it with thoroughness because it's an expression of who I am. Listen, Bill Hybels is a, is a pastor of a, of a mega church in, in Chicago. Uh, 30 to 40,000 people, I think, uh, attend Willow Creek now. And so he got a, he got a call from a CEO that, that of a Fortune 500 company in his area. And so the call was, the CEO says, is there any way I, c I could take you to lunch? I, I, I need some advice. I, I got a question. And so Bill, at this point, didn't know whether the man had ever attended his church or not because it was a large church, and he just didn't know. So he said, absolutely, I'd love to meet with you. So they, they make an appointment, and so they, 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 they meet at a restaurant, and this guy was, was type A, this guy was driven, and, it, and Bill's like, you know what, before the water ever came, I could tell he was ready to get, he didn't, want, he didn't want any of those preliminaries, he didn't want to hear about my family, he didn't want to hear about, he just said, he said, I just need you to know I've never attended your church, I don't plan on ever attending your church, I am not a believer, but I got one question, I feel like you're the guy, because you're pastor of a large church, you're the guy that can answer this question. And he says, well, what's your question? He says, I just got to ask you, do you know where I can find any Mormons? And Bill looked at him and said, Mormons? I don't know. Maybe a Mormon church? <laughs> Why would you ask? He goes, oh, you don't understand. When I hire Mormons, some of the best workers I've ever hired. They show up on time. They give a full day's work for a full day's wage. They don't pad the expense account. They don't cheat on their, their expense account. They don't cheat on their timesheet. I'm telling you, some of the very best employees I've ever hired are Mormons. I like to hire more. And Bill said in that lunch, it was like God convicted him. He wasn't asking Bill, how can I hire more of your church members? 
He wasn't asking Bill how, how I could hire more evangelical Christians. I'm telling you, you and I do not have the luxury of saying, guess what? This is my church life. This is my work life. Because I'm just telling you, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares at your office that you go to church. You know what they really care about? Does your relationship with Christ change the way you love, the way you work, the way you communicate, the way you treat people? I mean, Paul goes on and says, you know, another attribute is this issue of, of joy. You want to stick out? You want to stick out in a church? You want to stick out at the, in the community? You want to stick out in a, in, in a career or the, at the office? Be a person of joy. Right? I mean, it just seems to me that there's so many people that, 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 that just are like joyless people. Look what he says. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or he is free. He's talking about this issue of joy. He's talking about this issue that all of these things are interrelated to where you work with sincerity of heart, you work with integrity, you work with thoroughness, you work with, with this issue of joy because you understand that, guess what? God is the one that's going to, God is the one that's going to reward me. I am, I am working for the Lord, and that's why I present excellent offerings. That's why I work with excellence, because I am representing Christ. That's why the Bible says that, guess what? We are ambassadors of Christ, whether it's in the work life, whether it's in home, whether it's in our careers, wherever it is. I mean, this last week, I don't know if you saw it, uh, uh, is Super Target in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it went viral when a local news agency uh, got it and then did a story. It was posted on YouTube. You, you can look at it later, not now. Uh, <laughs> no Googling. Uh, and uh, this, this young man, about 16 years old, went into, a, went into a super target in Arizona. And so he walked up to an, uh, a work associate, that, a target associate. There was an elderly man. And so he walks up to him and he says, can, can you help me? I, I need a clip-on tie. And so the, 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 the target associate guy says, you know what, I'm sorry, I, we don't sell clip-on ties, and I don't know that they even make clip-on ties. Can I ask you, why do you need a clip-on tie? He says, oh, he says, I have an interview in a, in a, in a couple of hours at Chick-fil-A, and I, I want, it's my first interview, I want to be presentable, I want to be professional, I really, really, really need to get this job for my family, it's really important to me. And so the work associate says, well, come with me, so they go to the tie section, um, None of them are clip-on, of course. The young man can't tie a tie. And, and then all of a sudden the young man realizes the ties are more expensive than the money he had. And so uh, three or four work associates got together. They bought this man a tie. Uh, the older man knew how to tie the tie. He ties the tie. He puts it on the, the young man, and he, he squares it up. He cinches it up. And then they ask him, they says, can, can we ask you a question? Have, have you ever gone on an interview? He goes, no. He says, I don't even know how. And so they, they, took a, they took him into the break room and they spent some time with him and they told him how to give a firm handshake. And when you give a firm handshake, you look them in the eye, you say yes sir, no sir, uh, you smile often, all of those other things because you're, you're going into an industry that, that's strong in com, uh, customer service and those things. And uh, these, these associates even followed it up two weeks later and they all got together and went down to Chick-fil-A and were, were asking the manager, did you hire him because we're, we're, we're vested in this. Uh, the, the local news station interviewed. They found the, 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 the target associates. And the interview is just amazing. And, 
And I mean, and, and they're getting emotional. They're like, you know what? It's one of the greatest days of our life at Target. Uh, we made a difference in this young man's life. I'm telling you, when we start understanding that there is no, there is no segregation between our work life and our spiritual life. See, that's what Paul helped them understand in the Roman Empire. They, you know, today Christians talk about how we're going to change the world. And we talk about a political process, and we talk about, you know, how we don't like this politician, we don't like this. You know how they changed the, you know how they changed the Roman Empire? Believers started living out their faith in front of non-believers. They started living out their faith. And they knew there was sincerity and integrity and thoroughness and joy. I think Christians should be the best workers. I think Christians should be known as the very best workers. And the second principle is this, is, is, is not only the only thing that we bring home with us is ourselves. The second, thing, the second thing is this, is every worker needs a bonus plan. I mean, every worker needs a bonus plan, right? Verse 8, that's what Paul says. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or he is free. In other words, this, this is good news for us. Nothing is overlooked by God. Now, you can be in a position, you can be in a, position, you can be in a, a job, you can be in a career right now, you can be in a difficult situation, you can be working for a difficult boss, and you can believe, you know what? Nobody sees what I'm doing. Nobody understands what I'm doing. Nobody really appreciates me. This verse should bring you great news. Guess what? God does. God sees everything that you do. Everything is laid bare before him. And that's why that principle that Jesus taught over and over and over says this. If you were faithful with just a little, I will give you much. In other words, what Jesus says is this. I cannot reward a poor steward. I cannot reward a, a poor uh, a poor financial steward. I cannot reward someone that doesn't steward their time well. I cannot re reward someone that, 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 that doesn't understand that their job is, 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 is a place of ministry. And if you are faithful with a little, then what Scripture says, I will give you much. And so the greatest rub for many people in the workplace is this is that a lot of times they just feel unappreciated. Nobody wants to be unappreciated. Nobody wants to feel like a tool, right? Nobody wants to feel like just a tool, just, just, just square pegs and, and round pegs, and you just put the right peg in the right hole, and, and you know what? If, if you don't do the job, we'll find someone that can. And so a wise employer understands that. And a wise employer understands that, guess what? The way that we appreciate people is, yes, by a paycheck, but there's something that many times lasts longer than a paycheck, and that is this, is to where we appreciate them. I mean, Paul talks to the employee and to the employer the same way, to where we understand, employers understand that, guess what? Every worker needs a bonus plan. Every worker down deep needs to know that they are meaningful and they're, 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 they, they, have a, they have an important role to play and they, they have an important uh, job to do. In other words, what he's saying, this issue of encouragement, man, this issue of encouragement is just very, very important. And a lot of times, especially type A, you've got to work really hard. You've got to work really hard. I mean, I, I do as well. About, about this issue of encouragement and this issue of support. Listen, I'm telling you, you will be motivated. You will be motivated by one, or, one of three things. You'll be either motivated in your work life internally, externally, or eternal. 
And so, motivation. So watch this. So you will either have an internal motivation. In other words, you found your identity in what you do. And so you work hard to, 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 to get the bonus, to get the free trip, uh, to get that next raise, to get that next promotion. Uh, you, you work hard for internal motivation. Or the second thing is this, you work for an external motivation. In other words, you work hard for, for a paycheck. Uh, you, you, you work so you can pay your bills, so you stay out of jail, uh, and all of those things. So it's either internal or external, but Paul would say this. The Christian worker doesn't work for either one of those because we all know this internal, external motivation may do some good, but it will not carry you through a crisis. And Paul says that the Christian worker works for an eternal motivation to where you just know. You know that ultimately you work for the Lord and that God has placed you in the workplace and God has placed you around some people who may not know Christ and that your work and the way in which you do work is, is, a, part of, is, a, part of who, is a part of your testimony. I mean, you look at these workers at Target and it's gone viral. I mean, just because they, just because they got together and bought a kid a tie and they took, I'm telling you, when you understand that God has placed you in the position that he's placed you in because of the eternal. My dad passed away. I've told the story so many times. Many of you know my dad passed away in April of, of 2014. And in January of 2014, I went and spent two weeks with him uh, in the hospital when he had his bladder removed prior. And um, I, I actually basically lived with my dad in the hospital for about 10 days. And there was a nurse from Nigeria that just meant a great deal to us. And um, we knew something was different about her. And when my dad was being discharged from the hospital, it, it was her day off. And she just showed up in street clothes and came into the room and sat on the side of my dad's bed. And so they just had a conversation. I'm just sitting there watching all this. And my dad told the story. wasn't really raised in church or anything like that. And he looked over at her and he said... Uh, said, I, I, I really have trouble pronouncing your Nigerian name. What does that mean in English? And she says, oh, the English translation is grace. And uh, he said, there's something different about you. She said, yeah, Mr. Jones, I, uh, I can tell you now is my day off. Uh, I'm a believer. And I just believe God has called me just to reach people. And there's something different about you too. And I just want you to know I love you. I'm praying for you. And I pray you do well. I tell you what, you, you want to stick out in life? You want to stick out in the workplace? You understand. Man, you understand this eternal, this eternal motivation. Isn't it something to be around somebody? that you know in the workplace they're just not going through the motions. You're just not a client. You're just not a customer. You're just not, you just don't help the, 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 the bottom line of the balance sheet. You're somebody different. The last thing is this, every boss has a boss. Watch this, verse 9. Masters, do the same to them. And stop your threatening. In their time, they would take the bond servants and they would whip them. Uh, we, we can't beat people anymore because there's laws against that. But, there, but there's plenty, listen, there's plenty of managers and supervisors 
that lead by shame and guilt, and they whip people by their mouth by getting them in a meeting and all of those other things, knowing that he is both their masters and yours in heaven and that there is no partiality in him. Tough jobs can be simply learning experiences to build character and to make you more productive. Mr. Aiken was a difficult boss, but I learned so much about difficult people. Jesus said that part of being a Christ follower is to love your enemies. And the only way that you can love your enemies, the only way that you can learn to love your enemies is by God placing difficult people around you. So if you've got some difficult people around you right now, thank God because you're learning to love your enemies. <laughs> to where you understand that, you know what, every boss, every boss has a boss. And just as you're accountable to God for your actions, they're accountable to God for their actions. To where we understand that we work, we work for eternal significance. I don't, I don't know how he's going to reward you. But wouldn't you rather live your life knowing with the security, it is God who's going to reward me. It's God that's going to reward me, who is not partial, who is fair, and who is just. Close with this story. In between services, I, I was told of the story. We're, we're, we're about ready to launch a new ministry here at Fellowship of the Rockies. We're excited about that ministry Someone that was an important part of, of that ministry uh, and the planning of it and everything, uh, a ministry partner, um, had an opportunity to get a job and uh, make a lot more money, but he'd have to move away and he wouldn't be a part of the ministry. And he started, started, so he started praying about the eternal significance and God, what do you want me to do? And what he heard out of life journaling, what he heard out of scripture with this is... Money and position is not everything in life. You need to do what I've called you to do. And he said, I made a commitment. I made a commitment to serve in ministry. And so he said, I turned down that other job. I, uh, I said, you know what? Do this ministry. And then three weeks later, he gets a promotion in his current job, making the same amount of money that he was offered from another job to move away. Now listen. I don't know how God's going to reward you. I don't know when God's going to reward you, but the, but the promise is true. When you understand that, guess what? You cannot separate out your work life to your spiritual life. It's an offering. It's an offering back to him. And God may have placed you in the workplace to reach someone that would never come to this church without a relationship with you. And as you minister to them, you're able to bring them. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let me ask you this, this morning. What is God saying to you as a result of his word? What is, he, what, is, what is he saying to you as a result of his word? Maybe more importantly, what, what is your next step? Because every one of us in this room, we have a next step. Maybe your next step is really a first step. Maybe your next step is coming to the place you realize, you know what? I'm not a believer. I never come to that place in my life. I mean, I may have bought into a bunch of religious stuff, but I've never come to that place in my life to where I've accepted Christ. I've asked him to come into my life. And there's been a change in my life. Listen, the New Testament knows nothing 
of someone coming into a relationship with Christ and it doesn't change their life. You can't even find that in the New Testament. What you find in the New Testament is this. When someone enters into a relationship with Christ, their life begins to change. If you've never entered into a relationship with him, this would be the day that you do that. You just ask him in prayer, just right where you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I just ask, come into my life, forgive me my sins, give me the gift of eternal life. And I just want to honor you. Maybe, maybe you're a believer here this morning. What is your next step? Do you need to look at, the, at your 9 to 5, your 8 to 5, whatever those hours look like? Do you need to look at that differently with an eternal perspective? That God has placed you in the workplace. And it is God who rewards. It is God who takes care. Maybe you hear this morning and you say, you know what, I, I, I'm just carrying a burden. I, I just need prayer. And that prayer may not have anything to do with what I've been talking about. But it may be something that God has laid on your heart where there's a burden. With a medical issue, a financial issue, a relational issue. Whether you need to pray about someone else or maybe you're praying for someone else or maybe you're praying about a direction. Maybe you need to pray about someone that you're working for and pray for them. I don't know what that is. You know if you need prayer. And you know what? Just because you respond to prayer, it doesn't mean you're a big bad sinner. Every one of us needs prayer. Apostle Paul needed prayer. I need prayer. Every one of us needs prayer. So if you need prayer this morning, after I pray, we're going to stand. And I'm just going to invite you that if you need prayer as you stand up, would you step out, begin making your way down to the front. We have some prayer partners down here that will guide and direct you. So if you need prayer in any area, you come. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And Father, we thank you for the power of your word and the power of your name. Lord Jesus, we ask you to draw this church very closely to you. And that we minister one to another. People find encouragement, comfort, strength, and support as we follow you. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.